Thank you very much, Pastor Johan, for those kind words. What a title, what a gift that you have made to the church, but in particular, the Pentecostal community. Thank you for the privilege and the opportunity to read the book, to review it, and give you my comment. The title of the book, Leave the Third Person. Today, on this Pentecost Sunday, I've decided to borrow your title, but also I have tweaked it a little bit. Life in the Spirit. That is the title of my message today. Let us see how Pentecost Sunday fits in the scheme of things. We remember on the 10th of April, we started the Easter weekend. And on the 12th of April, Resurrection Sunday, 40 days after the 21st of May, that is two Thursdays ago, was the ascension of Jesus. And on the 24th on Sunday, last week, we celebrated Ascension Day as the church. Now, we know very well that after the ascension, the disciples of Jesus spend 10 days praying for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, how does that fit in our calendar? That is from the 22nd of May to today, the 31st of May, the disciples have been praying for the promise of the Holy Spirit. And on this day, which we call Pentecost Sunday, this was the day we commemorate, we remember the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Now, these are some of the verses that we normally read on Pentecost Sunday, Acts chapter 1, verses 6 to 8. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has said by his own authority. Now, verse 8 is cardinal. Verse 8 is core to Pentecostalism. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And we know very much that after Jesus spoke to them and ascended, they continued to pray for the Holy Spirit in Jerusalem. Luke says this in chapter 24, verse 59. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. That is Jesus telling his disciples. But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. The last text, Acts 2, verse 1 to 4. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them 
divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now you have heard that during this day, Pentecost Sunday, verse 8 of Acts chapter 1 was emphasized. For instance, the word there, when Jesus says, you shall receive power. The word power in Greek is dunamis, from where we derive our word dynamite. In other words, there was like an explosion on the day of Pentecost, and the church was endued with power. The church was inspired, empowered to preach the gospel. Now, one perspective that we preach about the baptism in the Holy Spirit is that on this day we celebrate the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the fact that the church received power. But another dimension, another perspective that we preach on this day, Pentecost Sunday, is found in John 14 verse 16. And I read and I will pray to the Father. Jesus tells his disciples, and he will give you another helper. The word helper also in other versions is another comforter. Another word, another advocate. But the Greek word, parakletos, that he may abide with you forever. The word Parakletos means the one who is called to walk alongside another person. So Jesus is saying, I am going to the Father. I will pray to him and he will send you another Parakletos, another comforter who will walk alongside with you. But today I wish to preach another perspective of Pentecost, which is seldom preached about. And my theme suggests this, life in the spirit. In other words, we are going to talk about today that Pentecost means a believer living in the spirit. Let us remind ourselves what baptism in the Holy Spirit means. The word baptism was originally not a religious term, but it was a commercial word, a commercial term or concept. The merchants, when they were manufacturing fabric, let's say after maybe manufacturing an item, it would be colorless. Now to give it color, to give it gloss, they will take that fabric and they will dip it, they will immerse it in a liquid substance to give it color. That process was called baptizo, which means you put it into this liquid substance and the two are inseparable. Therefore, the baptism in the Holy Spirit for the believer means the Holy Spirit is in the believer and the believer is in the Holy Spirit. It's like a bowl of water. When you take a cup and you put it in the 
bowl of water. The water is in the cup and the cup is also in the water. This is what the baptism in the Holy Spirit means for the believer. With this experience, it is difficult for us. It is unfathomable to think that a believer can live a defeated life. But we need to understand what it is to live in the Spirit. Maria Cahill says you can make it to heaven without the Holy Spirit but you cannot make it in this world without the Holy Spirit. As a Christian you can go to heaven because you are saved but you cannot make it in this world without the Holy Spirit, without living in the Spirit. The following verses are helpful full to help us to understand what it really means. Galatians 5 verse 16. I say then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Verse 25. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Ephesians 5 verse 18. And be not drunk with wine wherein is Access, but be filled with the Spirit. With the remaining time, I want to walk you through the book of Romans chapter 8, verse 1 to verse 15. That's where we are going to understand what does it mean to live in the Holy Spirit. In the nutshell, I am teaching you today, there are abilities, there are blessings, there are benefits in living your life in the Spirit. The first benefit, when we read the first four verses, I call this benefit, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. When we read verse 1 in the New King James Version, it says, therefore, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. You cannot start a sentence by saying, there is therefore no condemnation. You cannot start a chapter by saying that. You will not understand. For us to understand what Paul is saying, we must go back to Romans chapter 1. To chapter 7. What is Paul talking about there for us to understand what he says in chapter 8, in particular, verse 1? When we read these seven chapters, Paul talks about the sinful nature that we have inherited from Adam. For instance, in Romans 3, verse 23, he says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. In Romans 5, verse 18, he says, Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. In Romans 1 to 7, Paul is saying, we are standing condemned as people outside Christ. But when we read now in chapter 8, verse 1, he says, to us who are, who are now in Christ, there is no condemnation because we are in Christ. What does it mean to be in Christ? Two weeks back when I was teaching the book of Ephesians, 
chapter 1, verse 1, Paul is saying to the Ephesians, the faithful in Jesus. What does it mean? To identify with Jesus Christ. Our identity is only found in Jesus. I gave you this illustration that when you take a fish out of water, you have curtailed it. You have restricted it. You have constrained it. It's, it finds its life in the water. When you take the bird from the sky and you make it to run, it will not maximize its potential. Child of God, your potential Potential will be maximized when you are in Christ. In verse 2, in the New Living Translation, Paul continues to say, And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. Death. In other words, because we are in Christ, the Spirit has freed us. He has freed us from the power of sin. First, we find our identity in Jesus, and thereafter, the Spirit frees us so that we can walk in Him. The second ability is what I call to follow the inclinations of the Spirit. We find that in verses 5 to verse 6. I'm reading verse 6. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. These verses are indicating there are two types of people. Those who follow the inclinations of the flesh and those who follow the inclinations of the spirit. To us who are walking in the spirit, we possess the ability to walk in the spirit. And I want to believe Galatians 5 from verse 19 elucidates this reality. He says, Paul says from verse 19, now the works of the flesh are evident, adultery, fornication, and cleanliness, idolatry, sorcery, and the list continues. Verse 22, but the, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. Verse 25, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. In other words, we have the ability to follow the inclinations of the Spirit, and this fruit will be evident in our lives. The third benefit is what I call the spirit who raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. We find this in verses 9 to verse 11. Verse 11, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. These verses are saying the benefit that we have in walking in the spirit is that the same spirit who raised Christ from the dead is the same spirit who dwells in us. The Holy Spirit has the ability 
ability to bring things that are dead into life. The body of Jesus, which was dead for three days, it was brought to life. The very same spirit is the same spirit who is dwelling in us. In other words, when there are dead things in our lives, the spirit who dwells in us can bring them to life. When your prayer life is dead, when you don't have excitement of being a child of God, you have run out the joy of salvation. The spirit who dwells in us will bring those to life. Thank God about the body of Christ that was resurrected. It was not like the body that was put in the grave which means we also have the potential to transcend limitations and restrictions for the very same spirit dwells in us. Another benefit, another blessing that we have by walking in the spirit is that the spirit of sonship crying Abba Father is our portion. We find that in verses 14 and verse 15. For as many as are led by the spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. But you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. In other words, as people, as Christians, walking, living in the spirit, we have not received the spirit of bondage and fear. But we have been adopted into the family of God. And we know when Paul talks about adoption in his letters, he is informed by the Roman law. This is what the Romans, what they practiced about adoption. When a household adopted a person from outside, even if they are not born in that family, they have the same privileges. They have the same rights as those who are born in that family. Paul here is thinking about us as Gentiles that in relation to the Jews, we have come to faith in Jesus Christ. We are the sons of God. We are adopted into this family. We have the same privileges. We have the same rights as those who are born in that family. Therefore, we have the same authority of the Father. We have the same inheritance as those who were born in the family. The same blessings, the same nature, the same DNA as the Father. But also our spirit, when we walk in the spirit, cries out, Abba, Father. Abba is an Aramaic word which is crying for intimacy with their father. Thank God that our spirits are crying out for intimacy. Our spirits cry out to worship him. Not only when I am in the midst of believers, when I am in the church, but also when I'm alone, when I'm driving, when I am working somewhere, my spirit cries, Abba, Father, it wants to worship him. In conclusion, walking in the spirit or living in the spirit.
Spirit, the illustration of Joseph in the Old Testament. Joseph was one of the most successful among successful characters in the Old Testament. We discover this at the end or rather at the climax of his career and life. We read in Genesis 41 verse 38, so Pharaoh asked them, can we find anyone like this man, one in whom the Spirit of God is? We read this in the New International Version. In the King James Version, where can we find such a one like Joseph for the Spirit of God is upon him. Today's English Version, no one could handle it better than Joseph. Living Bible, who could do it better than Joseph. In other words, today on Pentecost Sunday, we are learning that when we live in the Spirit, we are going. Even if when we are cruising through um, difficulties, um, our potential will be maximized. Um, the life of Joseph, um, when he was thrown in the pit by his brothers, uh, he knew very well, this is not my destiny. When he was sold to the Ishmaelites and they sold him to Potiphar, when he was in his household and he was tempted, he realized this is not the end of my career. This is not the end of my calling. When they thrown him in jail, he discovered his prophetic ministry. And ultimately, that which God told him, the vision that God told him when he was 17, when he saw the 12 sheaves of wheat bowing down to him, the sun and the moon also bowing to him at the end of his life. We learn why and how he made it. He made it because he was living in the spirit. The spirit of God was upon him. Child of God, we are going to make it for we are living in their spirit. Spirit. Yes, there are going to be detours on our way, but because we are living in the Spirit, your potential will be maximized. You will reach your destiny because you are living your life in the Spirit. On this Pentecost Sunday, let us be reminded, yes, we need the dunamis, we need the power, we need to acknowledge the Paracletos, the one who is called to walk alongside us. But also, let us realize Pentecost means to live in their spirit. May God richly bless you.